Are you leveraging your load calculation for maximum homeowner value? Well, you're gonna learn what that means and how you can do it on today's show. Now, today we've got some awesome content from EGIA's very own Mr. Drew Cameron, right? Now, Drew's gonna talk about how to use load calculations to separate yourself from the competition and deliver maximum value to your homeowners. Let's take it away, Drew. Well, thank you, Weldon, and welcome to the EJA Contractor University studio. I am Drew Cameron. I'm going to be your host for today's episode of Cracking the Code. And today we're going to talk about leveraging load calculations, everybody's favorite topic. So with that being said, I want to kind of give you a plug right up front for a tool I'm going to share with you today. And this is a, uh, you know, full disclosure, I am a co-owner of this company, Energy Design Systems, and we have designed a cloud-based tool, a load calculation tool that is quick and easy and is going to be the basis for what I'm going to use today to teach you about the importance of load calculations. You don't necessarily have to use this particular tool, but it is eds.tech. Uh, if you're interested in, in signing up for this, you can get a 14-day free trial. And if you are a uh, EJIA Contractor University member, if you go to the Contractor uh, University uh, excuse me, go to the contractor marketplace, excuse me, and you go in there, you get a 15% discount as an EGIA member. So those of you who are not members, another reason to go ahead and join this fantastic university. So with that being said, let's talk about leveraging load calculations. Why is it important? Well, what I can tell you is I've been doing load calculations since probably the early 80s, late 70s, and uh, you know, in my family business in the uh, the Philadelphia marketplace. And I started way back when doing this with forms, with a piece of paper. And so today, obviously, we've got, you know, uh, you know some software and we got some cloud-based, you know, software. So um, let, let's understand where load calculations came from. When we were sizing heating equipment originally, uh, way back, all the way back to the days of Ben Franklin, you know, we just winged it. Right. And, and as time kind of progressed, we just figured out what's what size heating equipment did we need? We needed the biggest piece that would heat, you know, heat the house as quickly as possible. And that's typically what contractors did. There was no formula or rules of thumb or software, obviously, or forms uh, to do this. And so we started out by winging it. Well, then people started to kind of figure out, uh, you know, some mathematics behind this and engineering's behind, engineering behind this. And we got into some rules of thumb, some guidelines, if you will. And from guidelines, we went to formulas. And the formulas got a little bit more structured over time. Different uh, engineering societies and organizations put together some formulas. There's a whole bunch of load calculation formulas out there. And then some of the industry uh, organizations that are in the heating and air conditioning space got into this. Air Conditioning Contractors of America, ACCA, ASHRAE, which is the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers, got into this. Uh, the International Boiler Ratings Institute uh, and many other engineering societies, both in the space of heating and air conditioning and outside the space of heating and air conditioning. So again, we went from rules of thumb to, uh, excuse me, wings, winging it to rules of thumb to formulas, and those formulas turned into forms, right? And so there were some forms both for sizing the heating side and the cooling side of this equation. And then from forms, we went to a desktop calculator, literally an adding machine. Uh, you know, we were able to formalize this, and we had a desktop calculator that had a cartridge in it the size of an Atari gaming machine cartridge, and it would run a ticker tape, and you play 
tape that ticker tape into a piece of uh, paper brochure, which labeled all of the, the things on the adding machine because it was a computerized cartridge that did this. And we went from the desktop calculator to many computers. Uh, and remember, Lennox had a device called Logic back in the day, and these many computers would do the calculations. From there, we went to floppies and diskettes, five and a quarter inch floppies and three and a half inch diskettes. I know many of you have no clue as to what the heck I'm talking about because this predates your, your birth. But that being said, we had these uh, uh, disks that we would insert into a computer and that was the software to run the machine uh, because the machine only had basic components at that point. Well, then we got into software installed on operating systems like you know Windows and, and whatnot. And from there, we've gone into apps, and now we have cloud-based tools. And so Energy Design Systems Load Calculation Tool is an app, uh, excuse me, a cloud-based tool. It's not the only one that's out there, but it's, I am going to use one today, and I wanted you to understand what tool it is that I'm using. There's some other great software out there, WriteSoft, CoolCalc, um, RHVAC by uh, Elite Software. And my tool that I'm going to share with you today is a residential block load calculator, meaning it's for doing a whole house or a room or an area of the house or a, a zone within the system of the house. It doesn't give you a room by room breakdown. And so the reason I want to share this with you is because most contractors use load calculations for one or two reasons. Number one, because the job file and the company require them to do it, and they have to do that to submit the job file through the company to get the job done, or number two, to get a permit. And sometimes that's what a local building municipality does require. And sometimes building municipalities do require you to do a load calculation to a certain standard. And what I'm going to share with you today is not a standards tool. It is an educational and sales tool. It's all for speed. And that's the purpose of, of, in my mind, doing a load calculation to begin with. It's to get a result. I, I don't need to do a load calculation to a standard and do a science and math project that's going to take me 30 to 60 minutes to do if I don't have that job. I can wait till I get the job to do the one that a municipality may require to a standard if it is required. But for all other purposes, I just need to engage the customer, educate the customer, and hopefully convert the customer to doing, to doing business with me. And that's the purpose of the tool that I'm going to share with you today. Now, here's what I want to uh, you know, point out to you. This is about what we talk about in the EGIA sales training about building credibility, showing the customer your competency, showing that you know what you're doing, showing that you're a professional, separating yourself from anybody else that they're considering. The governing bodies of our industry mandate that you as a customer, uh, excuse me, you as a contractor do a heat loss, heat gain load calculation, right? Air conditioning contractors of America mandates it. ASHRAE man mandates it. AHRI mandates it, right? The Air Conditioning Heating Refrigeration Institute, you know, for sizing equipment mandates it. The Department of Energy uh, mandates it. Energy Star mandates it. So... EPA is obviously overseeing the Department of Energy and the Energy Star uh, labels. And so all of those agencies within our industry mandate that we as contractors do this. Even Consumer Reports says a homeowner shouldn't do business with you as a contractor if you don't do a load calculation and you size the equipment based on the existing machine or the, exi or the square footage of your home. They tell, they tell a customer, don't do business with that contractor. So even Consumer Reports, the large, largest consumer advocacy magazine, is telling customers and contractors, you know, load calculations are important. And so they are important. <clears throat> but they're not just important for you educating a customer and doing what is necessary. 
to me, they're also for helping tell a story, right? And so if you're not measuring and you're not testing when you go into a house and testing that the, that the machine that was put in the house originally when the house was built, let's say 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know, how did you know that the builder knew what they were doing, hired a contractor that knew they knew that they, that they knew that they were doing what they were doing, that they did a load calculation, that they did it right, if at all, and then installed it and you know, designed it and installed it in, in properly. Right. And so how do you know if the system was replaced 15 years ago that that contractor did a load calculation? Right. I mean, this thing can get wrong from day one when the house is built and then be put, replaced wrong just because somebody goes by square footage or the existing machine. And then the customer goes and gets another wrong size when you come out there because they go ahead with the same exact size machine, which is what most contractors do. Most contractors don't do load calculations on every home that they go to. And I can tell you this because I've been selling and teaching load calculation software for 25 years. And so this is a way for you to separate yourself and engage a customer and, and distance yourself from anybody else without bashing the competition. You show the customer that you're doing what is necessary according to the governing agencies, agencies of our industry and in cons including consumer reports. And they're going to appreciate that you're doing this. And then they're going to ask somebody else, you know, if they're talking to anybody else about this, that... Yeah. Hey, are, did you do a load calculation? Prove it, right? It's no longer <clears throat> with the software nowadays. It's no longer my opinion. It's math, facts, science, and data. And that's the importance of this. It allows me to separate myself you know, from the co uh, competition. So I don't want you to guess. I want you to measure and test your hypothesis of what is there. Um, a lot of contractors will use you know, load calculation software just to gamify to get the result that they want, right? So if they go in and they see a four-ton machine, a 100,000 BTU furnace, they're going to go ahead and gamify the software because they use templates to go ahead and just get the same result that they already want. So don't do that, right? Do the load calculation because it's important and allows you to play a game with the customer. But I'm going to show you the game that you want to play, not gamifying but use the game to educate a customer to go you know, to a better comfort experience. The other thing is you have to realize is that the importance of doing a, a load calculation is because it requires you to do a survey. I have to go to the house. I can't do this from my office. I can't do this over the phone. I can't do this over a Zoom meeting. I need to go out to the house and measure what is necessary to get the inputs for the software. That gives me the reason to go to a customer's house and differentiate myself. So if everybody's thinking they can go out and start selling this stuff over the internet, you're wrong right? Because a load calculation is required. I can't get the information off the internet anywhere. I built a, a tool that ties into databases online as far as for weather and real estate information, but there's nothing that tells me the amount of insulation, the amount of windows, the type of windows. Uh, has insulation been added over time? Um, you know, the, the direction that the house faces, I can get that. Yes, I can get the square footage of the house. It's not always accurate. I don't know if a garage is finished or an attic has been finished or a basement has been finished. So again, we go out there. You don't know till you go. So we go to the house, we gather the data. That's another thing. The gathering of the data takes time. Time is what I need as a sales professional to build a relationship of trust with the customer. And so I can go from room to room and gather information by measuring the house, looking at the location of each supply and each return, seeing if they have ceiling fans, running tabletop fans, humidifiers, air cleaners, uh, you know, different devices in, in the house, portable heaters, uh, window air conditioners, you know, that they're using to mask the comfort and the air quality in the home. And, and they've kind of made do not through a central system, but through just things that they've, you know, band-aided onto the house. 
and, and throughout the house. So it allows me to go ahead and realize what's going on. I can use my body as a sensor as I walk around the house and I can feel the temperature and I can smell if there's any odors and I can see if there's buildup on the supplies and the, re and the return grills uh, as far as dust and dirt and as well as on the ceiling fans. Um, I can see if any re registers or returns are blocked by furniture. Again, all that is the important part of doing a load calculation in the survey for solving problems for the customer. But I can, again, get a feel for what's going on in this house and how the customer lives. And I can measure the house for purposes of the data entry inputs that I require for my load calculation. So that's, you know, that's really important uh, there. So I don't want you just guessing. I, wanna, I don't want garbage in to get garbage out as a result. That's what all software is. And then, like I said, yes, you may need to do it for a permit. Again, our software does qualify uh, for most municipalities throughout the United States and Canada, and it will work for your job file as well. But like I said, most importantly, it's an educational and sales tool. So let's go ahead and take a look at the tool uh, now. I'm going to click over to that. All right. And so on the screen right now is you have a uh, load calculation that has been completed, and I don't want to go through the inputs of that. I'm not going to teach you how to do the software or teach you how to do a load calculation today, but I want to show you the importance of having done the load calculation. So this is a load calculation that's done. It's cloud-based. You plug in a street address and a zip code, and the software returns a result right away. And then we go ahead, as the instructions say, and we verify or modify all the data points based on my survey of the house. And it even says in here, there is no substitute Okay, for the con uh, the contractor's comfort advisor having done a survey of the home, you don't know till you go, so you gotta go, right? Or you can have a set of blueprints if you wanted to do it that way as well, because that's going to have all your construction information. So I've plugged all that information in, and I got a result, all right? And so. Uh, again, for time purposes, just want to show you what I'm talking about here and the importance of how you can leverage the load calculation to educate your customer. Okay, They can watch you do this because you can do this on a laptop, a tablet, or a phone, uh, in, including a desktop as well. And you can do this load calculation in under 10 minutes if you're somewhat computer literate. And so you plug in your data points, as we've already done, down the left-hand side. And on the right-hand side, as you can see here, I have a cooling load of 34,514 and a heating load of 45,783. This happens to be a house I used to own. I use it as my demo house for purposes of teaching the software. Okay, so the first thing that you see is what we call glass adequate exposure diversity. That's a term that basically says, hey, we've got glass on different sides of the house. The sun comes up and the sun comes down on different sides of the house. And so how is the glass being impacted by the solar gain? And so as you can see here, that the purple line exceeds the blue line. And if the purple line exceeds the blue line, and as it does here right in the middle of the day, whatever room is facing that side of the house is on that side of the house at that time of day is probably going to be uncomfortable because as you can see the purple line which is the hourly glass load exceeds the average glass load and what that basically goes down here and says is that if that happens that you may have a room or an area of the house that might be a little bit uncomfortable why because the thermostat's in the center of the house and if you've got a glass load on that side of the house that room may be a little bit uncomfortable come mid to late afternoon as it's getting that western sun or southern sun sometimes or a southwestern sun exposure. And in that case, you can say to a customer, instead of saying, do you have any hot spots or cold spots, you could say to the customer, what's the hottest room in the house at about 2 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon? 
It's a better question, right? It leads to a better answer. Because if I ask them, do you have any hot spots or cold spots? More often than not, they're going to say no. But I ask them the, specifically, where's the hottest room in the house between two o'clock and four o'clock on a hot summer afternoon? They know it. There is a room that is a little bit more uncomfortable in every house. And there has to be. You have a central thermostat. There can't not be, right? The brain doesn't know what's going on at the extremities. So again, the software Go ahead, goes ahead and reveals what might be going on. And you say, you can show them in here. You say, well, not surprising. I noticed here that the glass load on the back room here in the family room where this Florida room that you've got is getting a lot of that uh, westerly sun in the afternoon here, and it's heating that space up. And so uh, there's might be, and they may say, hey, is there some ways you can solve it? Well, there's certainly some ways to consider it. Now, for sales purposes, You've got, you can add some supplies, you could add some returns, you could do a temperature sensing thermostat, you could do a zoning system, or you could do a ductless mini split to enhance the comfort in that room, right? You could also, if considering replacing the equipment, put in more advanced equipment, variable speed fans, two-stage uh, air conditioners, five-stage air conditioners or heat pumps, or uh, inverter technology, right, which modulates up and down 1%. And you could do the same on the heating side as well. Again, it's all going to be based on what you're seeing and what you're experiencing in the home and what the customer's telling you is important to them. And so that's graph number one that kind of reveals, obviously, that. And again, most software has this information in it. You can see here how the heating and cooling load varies over the months, right? The blue and the red lines are varying month to month. And so we size equipment right up in here for the cooling load and we size equipment you know, giving the outputs here, uh, right up in here for the heating load. And then we have the heating load and we have it broken down by components, right? Each component has uh, an impact here and you can see here and you get a report. I'm not going to go into the report for today's purposes because I just want to show you the importance of doing this. Um, but the report is an educational tool too that you can pull to the screen. But again, you can see the breakdown of the heating load here. And so the heating load is, like I said, 45,783 and the airflow that required on the heating side, it's just under 600 CFM. On the cooling load, we get the breakdown as well. But here's the real importance on the cooling side, right? Different than the heating side, right? I'm going to get a heat pump in this particular case. That's what my house had. It was a, uh, a heat pump electric backup, uh, given the area that, that I was located in. I didn't have many choices. Certainly could have gone propane, but chose not to. And in this particular case, as you can see here, your load has a couple components to it. It has the sensible load and the latent load. Sensible load is the load associated with temperature, right? You sense it. It's like putting your hand on the stove. It's hot, it burns you, you sense it. That is sensible heat. Latent load is the heat associated with moisture, humidity, and it tends to be the smaller portion of the load. That latent load tends to be about, uh, in, in, usually in the neighborhood of about 7 to 15% of the load. The sensible load, like I said, tends to be uh, somewhere in that neighborhood of about 83 to 93% uh, of the load. And when you combine them together, you get the total load on the house. Now, the total load on the house is different than the equipment capacity that's required. Let me share with you what I'm talking about. And this is, like I say, one of the important things you need to know. And so most equipment can handle 69 to 80% of its total capacity for sensible capacity. Meaning if I don't remove the sensible heat, then the customer is going to be hot on the hottest design day. And in this particular case, this house was designed for 89 degrees in the Philadelphia market. 
And so on an 89 degree day, if I don't remove that sensible heat, that 28,123, I'm never going to satisfy the thermostat at 89 degrees. Now, that doesn't mean that the temperature doesn't sometimes go up to 90 something degrees in Philadelphia. Rarely over the last few years has it. But when it goes to 90, 95, it's one or two hours of the day, right? And so I'm going to go ahead and change the load to 95 degrees just so you can see what happens to the cooling load. And when I change it, what a lot of contractors are doing is they're oversizing the equipment nowadays and they're using arbitrary extreme temperatures instead of the 99% temperatures, which is what you should be using, okay? And when I go ahead and I change the cooling load to 99 degrees, the load jumped from 34,000 to 37,570, okay? At 89 degrees, which is the 99% temperature, and that's what we used to do back in the day was size for 95 degrees. Now we size to the 99% temperature. Why? Because today's high efficiency and advanced technology is less forgiving on oversizing. The machines that were energy guzzling designed to come on and satisfy the thermostat and shut off left you a comfort curve like this. Today's machines are high efficiency and uh, advanced technology. They're energy sipping. And they're designed to give you a staged comfort curve that's like this, okay? Or an inverter modulating comfort curve that's like this, right? And so they're designed to run and keep running. You're allowed to put the thermostat into the on position because they're super high efficiency. But if you oversize that machine, you're going to exacerbate a comfort problem in the house, maybe even a noise problem. And so we want to make sure that we size to the 99% temperatures nowadays, not the extreme temperatures, because again, like I said, if you hit 95 degrees, how many days a year do you do that in Philadelphia? Not many. And how many hours during those days? Not many. So you're going to be oversized 90, 89, 95% of the time. We don't want to do that. Right now, we want to be right sized With this high efficiency and advanced technology, we can do that. And again, there's always a cushion in the load calculation formulas anyway, right? But... Go ahead and uh, look at this right down here. We have a total load on this space of 34,514, but I've got a sensible capacity of 28,000. Well, the machine's capability to do that job is 69 to 80% of its total capacity. So for example, if I take a three-ton machine, 36,000 BTUs, and I look at a 75% sensible capacity rating, which is the average, uh, which is why we use that in the software, that's going to give me 27,000 BTUs of sensible capacity. The load on the house doesn't change, but the machine's ability to do the job is really what's most important here. So in this particular case, I'm going to be a little bit undersized with a three-ton machine, right? And as you can see here, I'm really needing to be at 3.1 tons because what we did is we took the sensible capacity, we divided it by that 75% or 70.75 um, sensible heat rating of the machine, and since we don't know what piece of equipment we're putting in here, we're picking the middle of the road, right? Between 69 and 80%, 75 is right in the middle. That goes ahead and recommends that I need 3.1 uh, tons total because when I go ahead and divide 28,123 by 75, I get 37,497 as my new required total capacity. The load didn't change. The machine's ability to do the job requires me to get BTUs in that range of 37,000 to get the output that I need to cover the sensible load. The latent load's easy. Like I said, it's a small piece here. It's only 60, about 6,400 BTUs. So as you can see here, the importance of doing a load calculation to get a result. The other thing, and the last thing I want to show you is, is here's what we know. At the 99% temperature, that's the extreme. And this is on the cooling side. You can play the same game on the heating side. 
to tell a story. And I'll, I'll show you on the cooling side how cool this is. So let's assume though, most customers turn on their thermostats for cooling, let's say around 70, 72 degrees outside. It starts to get a little warm in the house with the people and the appliances and electronics that are maybe generating some heat in there and the house is buttoned up a little bit. And so uh, let's, let's say at about 78, 80 degrees, what's my load? Let's go 78 degrees, right? It's a little warm outside. And so what does that say to our cooling load? Our cooling load goes from 34,514, and our connection here in the studio is a little slow. That'll catch up here in a second. And as you can see, it drops down to 28,000. So I no longer need that three and a half ton machine, which is basically 3.1 uh, tons is what I calculated. So we had a three and a half ton heat pump in my home. Okay, actually, we had a four-ton heat pump because we had a modulating heat pump at the time, right? And so it could ramp up and ramp down, even though the load is only 3.1 and really closer to 3.5. On, on the heating side, it needed a little bit more capacity, as you can see, 45,000 and change. So we went and put in a four-ton machine, and that home was supremely comfortable. When I went from static comfort, which was a 13-sear heat pump, to a modulating heat pump with a variable speed fan, the heating side, the cooling side, the dehumidification, the filtration was fantastic. And my utility bills were incredible. And so that's what this is all about. As you can see here, I can say to a homeowner, hey, we don't get up into those 89, 90 degree temperatures all that often. More often than not, you're going to be energy sipping at a lower capacity. And so an inverter technology or what I call adaptable comfort, okay, ramps up and ramps down at 1% increments. It's going to take that comfort curve from what you've had like this to a comfort curve that's a little bit more smooth. It energy sips, it runs longer, especially on those extreme days, it'll keep up. And you can filter the air 24 seven and it will lower your utility bill. And I don't need all four tons. See static comfort all on or all off, you get all the capacity whether you want it, need it or not every day of the year. This allows me to fine tune the machine to your home, to your lifestyle and adapts to what's going on outside the home, inside the home, and your life. Stage equipment is like getting two systems in one, one for mild days and one for extreme days. It automatically shifts gears when it needs to on hot days and the cold days. Static comfort doesn't have that ability, and that's what you've got. Now, we can move, do a lateral move from yesterday's technology to today's technology, you know, all on or all off, if that's the, you know, the direction you want to go. But in most cases, Bill and Susan, most homers choose to go to you know, a staged experience or an adaptable experience. And the software is what allows me to tell you what's capable, what's possible, and what your life experience would be like if you went with that technology. Anyway, that being said, as you can see, it's a great tool for doing your job, but it's a better tool to educate a consumer and get a result and hopefully convert them to buying from you and as well as shifting the mix of product from an entry-level product to mid-level product to a premium-level product and give the customer a better experience. And I believe today that's what most customers want. Your ability to do the job will determine whether or not they buy from you. So that's leveraging load calculations. Until next time. Awesome content right there from Drew, as always. Now, if you like this episode, feel free to share it on Facebook. And if you want to unlock more premium training content to take your company to the next level, click the link in the Facebook post for a free 30-day trial. That's all for this week, folks. We'll see you next week here on Cracking the Code. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.